Welcome to Rookies and Rockstars. My name is Simba Mary, and I've got Jaden in the studio here with me. Welcome back to another weekly episode of Rookies and Rockstars. It's so great to be here. We have some amazing guests today. We've got our first guest in today. He's one of the co-hosts of Think Big SA. So basically, what the show is about, they've gone and found 12 businesses, up-and-coming businesses. These are SMEs, and basically, they've got to find out which is the top business. And the prize money is a million Rand. So I've got Mr. Derek Thomas in here. Nobuntu Webster couldn't join us here today. But Jade, just a hello to you first. Hello, Simba. Are you good? I'm so well today. Very calm. Very happy. It's been a glorious week. Mm -hmm. It's Wednesday, our favorite day, obviously. Of course, of course. This is where we are. And super excited by what Derek's going to share. Oh, yes. Um, So welcome to you, Derek. Thank you very much for having me. I'm enjoying the feel of the new studios. Congratulations, guys. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thinking big. Right? That's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Gareth Cliff for having us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, Derek, I understand that. I mean, you you're one of the hosts of uh, Think Big SA. You never actually did presenting before at all. This is a completely new space for you, right? Yeah. So the production company took a big risk, right? I'm mm-hmm. a business person. Mm-hmm. I grew up in business, 20 years in business. I know nothing about television other than as a viewer. Okay, fantastic. So t- tell us, what is Think Big SA about? Why did they decide to create a show like this? Right. And importantly for me, why did I agree to join up with Think Big? (laughs) Um, Think Big was designed to inspire. We were disappointed, we are disappointed by a disease that afflicts South Africa. That disease is unemployment. It has its greatest effect on the young in our country. And it's debilitating. The prospect that large segments of our society will never have paid employment, scares me Jesus. and should scare all South Africans. And what we wanted to suggest is that business could be, for some of them, a route into a dignified existence. Awesome. I mean, so, so the idea of the show is to sort of take SMBs that are up and coming and they get to win some prize money. But, of course, they're getting mentoring from you guys and the board. Tell us what that process is like. Sure. So the, the mentoring took uh, a number of forms. Simple Questions and engagement. Why are you doing this rather than that? Why are you scared to go and speak to a bank when you've got a great product and a great story to tell? Mm. Um, These are small engagements that help expand the imagination. And that's been very cool for me. Then we added another layer of sophistication, which was to bring in industry experts in the form of a board. And they set very real challenges for our finalists to, again, Think big and take their businesses to another level. Awesome. So I just want to go back to what you said in the beginning, and I love the word that you used, which was disease. Yeah. Because just reading, I think this is an important thing to just read out loud, is it says here about Think Big, it says, the series seeks to showcase and promote the vital roles SMEs play in the South African economy. They are the small giants responsible for 70% of current employment in South Africa's private sector. Right. So I think... That's a very important statement. I mean, that statistic just feeds into what you're saying. So we are so proud of the fact that you are involved with this and that this is taking place right now. So speaking about about the program, where are we right now? Okay. So it's a 10-episode season. Yes. We have just screened last Thursday and then a repeat on Sunday, episode six. The format for those first six episodes were – Two companies each week being showcased, one of whom, one of which then moved on to the final. Okay. So now we're sitting with six finalists, if you like. Oh, exciting. Okay, so who, so we've gone, the original 
starting block was 12. Indeed. Who are we sitting with now? In terms of those six finalists, I know we chatted briefly about it, but who who are they and what category are they playing in? Certainly. So I'll run through the six with you, Wonderful. shall I? Wonderful, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. And this isn't in, in order of which the episodes were screened. Okay. But Miles Kubeka of Vuyos. Yes. Yay, an old guest of Rookies and Rockstars. <laughs> no, I've never been to Vuyos yet. I need to go there. <gasps> you so should. I need to try it out. So apparently the day after the show screened, yeah. um, he, there was a queue around the block <laughs> to his yes. restaurant in Bramfontein. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So the power of media, right? The power of engaging. And, and uh, let me just step aside from the, from the six. Each of these and many more applied to get on to think big, right? Wow. That's thinking big in and of itself and recognizing the power uh, of media and sh- being showcased. So it's a great marketing tool for all of them. Regardless of whether you win, win the million, regardless of whether you really listen to any of the questions and comments Nabuntu and I have to make. Yeah. The simple act of getting onto the show is yeah. powerful. That's huge. Yeah, it actually, it says here, in, in, it says that although not all participants will receive a 1 million rand injection, they will benefit from exposure across various platforms, including primetime television and online video, and also will have PR and marketing from the program. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of our guests, they're not our finalists, one of our, our showcased comp- uh, com- uh, competitors uh, was a, a group of young uh, men uh, in, in their 20s. And Nabuntu and I felt so strongly, they, they didn't quite make it through to the next round. But we insisted, and our sponsors came to the party and our production company to give them 100,000 rands worth of mentoring and advice, business mentoring and advice. Mm. So there are all kinds of cool things that can happen within the context of putting yourself out there. Stunning. Yeah. So so Vuyo's number one. Vuyo's who, number one. Who are the rest? Spice Emporium, a 70-year-old business in the, the Durban CBD, th- third generation about to take over in the next few years and run the business. So the themes about uh, about stewardship, about the history, about uh, taking over and looking after assets that you 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 inherit uh, came to the fore. Wonderful. Th- third, Winsleydale, a well-known brand amongst uh, purchasers of organic produce, mm. uh, a well-established brand um, looking to expand. They run a farm as well as the brand and buy-in other organic produce, real heroes. What was interesting about the symbolism there was black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 two women called uh, Sue Jackson and Mahapa Pueni coming together in a handover process, which will be multi-year. So for me, the symbolism of of different races working together sounds any um, uh, anything other than humanity and the social activity of business. That's a beautiful you know, picture. No cynicism. Yeah. Macman, two youngsters in Cape Town uh, who have an engineering company. So they do repairs and maintenance and they build their own machines. Mm-hmm. And they started their business out of a retrenchment. For me, the exciting thing there is their business helps larger businesses be good at what they do. And so when machinery breaks down, they're there to repair it. But as importantly, two guys saying, you know, retrenchment doesn't define us. It's a platform for imagination. We'll start a business. That's a pretty con- uh, inspiring story, no, right? So, so how has it worked with a entrepreneurial or, or a business who's not located in Johannesburg? Because I'm assu- assuming they get shot in Johannesburg. Yeah, so we, we go to you. Oh. We visit at your place of business That's because we want to understand you in your context, right? Yes. So, for example, Mahapa at Wensleydale, was in our overalls when we saw her. And she's an accomplished businesswoman in her own right. Mm. But there's something cool about seeing you in your context, right? Yeah. All right? As opposed to in, in a suit and tie somewhere. No, of course, because, I mean, you get you get to, I mean, you, so you guys go in there and scrutinize the business from head to toe. Yeah, we do. And we do so to understand the business, but never to tell a story which is overly negative. Remember, our objective was to inspire Mm-hmm. So we self-edit. Okay. And I do so, and I make no apologies for it, Simba. Uh-huh. Well, did you ever? I mean, did you ever encounter any businesses where you were like, actually, but I, I, what what you're saying to me is not making sense. Why are you doing it like this? We wanted the positivity of the stories mm-hmm. to be the overwhelming narrative. Okay. So sure, we saw things we didn't like. 
Mm-hmm. Sure, as business people, we saw things that suggested weaknesses in the business model or in strategy or in execution. Guess what? In the in my version of the authentic South African business story, yeah. I'll keep that as footnotes. I get you. The main story is to inspire. Yeah. Was anyone drinking the, their own Kool-Aid, so to speak? It, all entrepreneurs drink their own Kool-Aid. Come on, man. <laughs> Tell us about entrepreneurs in general. Like, I mean, you started off straight out of varsity. Tell us about that. I started straight out of varsity. You're right. I mean, what an insane thing. So I joined two, two other guys in a management consulting firm, right? Complete madness. Naivety was the overwhelming uh, description of what I was getting into. Thank goodness I did it. At the time, I was without bond, and uh, I was dating, and I subsequently married the woman I was dating, but I had no house and no children to upkeep. It, it's an important step in, in, in a young person's life is to, if you with the means to take a risk, do so. That's fantastic. So, so what, before you joined, in, in me understanding this, are you, were you one of the people behind the brainchild of the concept and then you found the sponsorship and the TV crew and everyone to help make it happen? So no. So, so, so the concept was at least partially formed when the production company came to me, not in the capacity of a host or co-host or presenter, but merely to get my input as a business person, small business owner in the design those conversations, as Desiree Mahra from BOM, which is our production company, those stories, as she tells it, those stories evolved to the point where they said, well, he's not particularly pretty, he ain't young, but we'll, we'll grab him for the show. Um, so I blame her. But you, you must have seen tremendous growth from everyone. Uh, from each of our finalists? Mm. Enormous growth. Here's the really weird thing, and this is why it's important to be generous in one's disposition. I learned a lot. So the act of giving advice and asking questions is actually has a positive boomerang. Mm. And you know, it's weird. The ancient Greek theorists knew all about this. The act of giving is actually an act of receiving. To, to, to serve is to receive. Is that to serve is to receive. Uh, there are variations on it, but it's a 2,000, three, two and a half thousand year old wisdom. I'm so... I'm You'll you'll begin to understand that I'm so on the same page. I'm ridiculous when it comes to that. So I'm so glad that that's the heart and the reason and the DNA behind the brand and the concept. So that's very, very cool. I just want to – you mentioned BOM, and I think it's important for people to know who they are. I don't know if it's – I was reading up, and it's quite cool to know that they are the the crew behind Mandela, the movie. Yeah, yeah. And and they got an Oscar nomination for it, yes. right? Angus Gibson was yeah. part of that creative team, and he's one of the owners at Bomb. Uh, and I'm I'm glad to call him a friend oh, that's of so long special. standing. So the three the three key players at Bomb: Desiree Mahraf, mm-hmm. Angus Gibson, and Tebogo Mashlatsi. Yeah. Uh, all friends of mine, 20 year history, and they are, in my opinion, one of the best creative forces in television in South Africa over the last little while. But now, what was it like working with Nobuntu Webster? Because uh, TV is one of those things. Either you're going to click with someone or you're not going to click with them at all. Mm. But w- was it a great experience for you? Because, I mean, TV's new to you. She's new to you. Yeah. How did it work out? Yeah, so firstly, she's got a very big husband, so I need to be very careful <laughs> what I say next. <laughs> we got on like a house on fire. It's incredible. Um, she's an extremely talented woman, extremely accomplished small business owner in her own right. So the two of us, didn't necessarily see things the same way all the time. But that was great. I learned from her. I'd like to believe she learned from me. Most importantly, though, I think we shared an optimism and a generosity of spirit towards our our contestants. And I think we shared a similar philosophy around the importance of a positive narrative. Where was the balance? Were there things that she could do that you couldn't do in terms of giving advice? Yes. Sure. So, so she's a bit meaner than I am. <laughs> she, she had a handle on marketing and finances in a stronger way than perhaps I had, okay. and so her questions were were particularly uh, pointed in those directions. Yeah. And that's great. Uh, perhaps I covered some of the other bases. Um, in television, you may or may not not know this, but if you have two uh, 
uh, co-hosts, they stay into their eyes a lot of the time. Yeah. So allow me this opportunity to apologize to Nabuntu. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more than I'm sure she did. <laughs> Remember that husband, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so so just, just going back to, because I always find it interesting who the team are, because nothing really happens on its own. It's usually a and a, a group of people who come together to make it happen. And last week we had Lisa Raleigh in the studio with us, and something that she touched on. And with your finance background, I just want to get your your kind of overview or insight into it. How are you finding two things: the barriers and the growth with regards to financial literacy in the underprivileged areas? Because we see we obviously have a lot of guests coming in and out, and we see it in the all over the news, we see that this this SME group are growing. But what is your take on where they are at with regards to finance within their business? And are there any solutions that you can give to people who obviously didn't make the 12? Because I think Big's awesome, but we just want to know what can we be feeding to the guys who are still aspiring and still growing from a finance point of view? Uh, that's a particularly good question, Jade. Thank you. Um, I, I I think you it's a space that is beyond finance, uh, but let's deal with that specifically, is the idea that uh, entrepreneurs, or this is what how I see the world, entrepreneurs are like chefs, they're creatives, but they exist in a world where they need skills beyond their immediate passion. So um, uh, you need people, a team to support you. Mm -hmm. So in my description, my lens of the world, I make a distinction between two archetypes, the chef or the creative, the core entrepreneur, and then somebody I call the (laughs) father-in-law, the person who takes care of Mm. taxes, cash flows. Uh, It's very hard, regulatory compliance, the day-to-day bookkeeping. It's very hard in my 20 years of business experience for the skills of the chef in my archetype and the father-in-law to be resident in a single individual. Wow. So my advice to young entrepreneurs is, if you're a chef, if you're a genuine creative, find your father-in-law, somebody you can trust and collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Often, mm. it's it's an older, wiser, grayer person. And so the cool thing is not often going on your own and being comfortable on your own. Seek out somebody wiser. Seek out a mentor. Seek out somebody who can give you advice on where to find the father-in-law if they're not that person. I feel like that's, that's such a great statement. I think that, that like you were speaking to me right there because I, I tend to have that problem. I'm, I see myself as more of the creative than, than the father-in-law. I'm the chef and not the father-in-law. So I think that's, it's a great statement. Yeah, and also um, one thing that so, – so we've touched on, on that, which I think is amazing. I'm, I'm so the chef. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, my husband's definitely the big father-in-law. <laughs> so um, just be careful how you look in my eyes. <laughs> um, but, I'm looking at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just to so, – so we, we understand that, and I think that that's what needs to be communicated and educated in terms of understanding your limitations – but where can they seek help? So this is this is why Rookies and Rockstars, as a platform, we're speaking to you, as you know, no matter where you are in your business. And with Derek in studio, where where are the solutions, Derek? Because they, not everyone knows to go to SAB to kickstart or to Standard Bank for their I, – I, I was looking online. They've got one that's going on. You know, not everybody knows where to go. So as an entrepreneur, whether you are in – whether they're in their beginning stages or – in five years in wanting to expand the revenue from 10 to, to 20 million rand, okay, maybe we, we do need to divide the two. So for the beginner, where, where do you start if you are scared? Because you mentioned that earlier. Right. You, you, you're forcing me not to look at you and you're asking me incredibly <laughs> insightful questions. Look, it's, it's, it's rather simple. There are a myriad of, of different programs available to the young entrepreneur in South Africa. That's a fact. You got to find your way through the information maze and you got to navigate that and say, uh, perhaps the Branson thing is for me or the DTI and government's programs or indeed Standard Bank and, and their, um, uh, uh, websites. So many of the financial institutions and large companies in the country are offering advice and programs and that's cool. Standard Bank happens to be the sponsor of Think Big, but here's the really simple thing. Seek out friends and family that you know are either in business or have the wisdom to offer you love and advice that's useful to you as you 
as you move along the entrepreneurial journey. There are no greater resources than those avail- available to you in your immediate vicinity. Uh, so, so, so for example, I'm, I'm the father-in-law. It's, that role is morphing, but in my business, Isaac Shongwe, my business partner of 20 years, is the chef. He's the creative. And I got lucky to be in partnership with him. I was the father-in-law. Even in that role, I sought out further advice to help me in the early days. How do you deduct taxes? What kind of payroll software is out there? Etc. Etc. The stuff's not sexy. It just needs to get done. <laughs> and I, I hear you say that there, there are a number of problems there, but I think almost think to myself, there could be two reasons why people or young people are not seeking those people out. Either because maybe those people are not accessible yeah. or not willing to, 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 to mentor people, yeah. or it's a case of maybe we're we feel like we don't have enough of those father-in-laws in South Africa, and we're looking too much at the Richard Bransons and the Donald Trumps. So I've got a challenge uh, for South Africans. This, this this legacy of apartheid, where there's a railway line between us, and I make reference to this uh, on occasion in the show. Let's go get over that. Yeah. Let's let's embrace, and I don't mean that in a kumbaya sense. I mean it in a practical sense, yeah. right? The truth is that one of the most pernicious effects of apartheid is the lack of education amongst large swathes of our population. Black people weren't allowed uh, to, to own and operate and grow businesses, right, in the Furvudian scheme. <laughs> I'm saying to, to white South Africans, skilled white uh, older South Africans, enjoy the other. Seek out black, uh, make yourself available to young black entrepreneurs. Mm. You will find in the act of giving that your perception of the world will change and you will be a cooler white guy or white woman <laughs> <laughs> and you will be cooler around dinner parties and when you go to bed at night and think about your contribution to the world and to your country that has given you so much I think the equation will be slightly more measured okay Simba we've so got to trademark that I like we've got so. to call it like uh, Grampy's giving back or something <laughs> 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 like the, the, the grey guys hey? the grey guys Do paying you want to it forward up, any takers <laughs> so, so with that I mean get, get involved with us in this conversation it's it's, it's a very we, we feel honored to have Derek giving us his insight it's amazing but get involved with us you can chat with us via the WeChat the official Cliff Central group on WeChat get involved in the conversation we're available at cliffcentral.com or on our rookies and rockstars at rookies rockstars handle communicate with us and, and let us know where you are and and how we can ask someone like Derek with years and years of experience and wisdom, how we can feed solutions to you, because that's what we're here to do. So in closing, Derek, because our time is almost up, um, is there, you know, we, we, we see a lot of guests coming in and out and all with such different pearls and nuggets. Hate to sound cliched, but that's, you know, how we understand them. In, in your experience from the show, as well as what you'd known before the show, what what are any of your guidelines or, or like tips to guys out there who are pushing through the barriers of even of either new ideas or existing businesses that need to go beyond the ceiling where they're at? Yeah, excellent question. The first is you got to put yourself out there. Nobody's coming. Um, if you're not master of your own fate, and that doesn't mean not asking for help, but if you're not driving the train, there's nobody else to look at, right? We got to get over this idea that somehow somebody's coming to save us. It's we're rowing the boat, and you can help, you can get folks to come and help you, but it's about you and and I just use two metaphors: a boat and a train in one sentence. Shame on me. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> the first thing. The second thing is be self-aware, mm-hmm. and and that speaks to some of those themes I chatted about before, right? If you're not strong on finance and you're not comfortable speaking to a bank, get somebody who can complete you as a business. So. Mm. Engage with other people. Seek out wiser people. So, and always, and I apologize if this sounds uh, ethereal or philosophical. Think long term. So let me give you an example uh, of a practical piece of advice on long term thinking. Uh, if you're thinking long term and you're thinking about running your business, if if you're a young um, man or woman, who you date. And how you date is important to me, for example. Wow. So if you if you are interested in glitz and glamour and enjoying be, uh, fancy German marked cars and big diamond rings, 
this is probably not the game for you at the beginning. Yeah. Those things come after a balance sheet is built. I like those things. So, <laughs> so, so be careful, right? Business and bling are not good bedfellows. Mm. And there I managed some alliteration. Jeepers, eh? <laughs> Business and bling are not good bedfellows. I like that. That's another trademark, Derek. You can definitely stay. Let's keep Derek. <laughs> we like you. We're going to just write down these quotes from you. Awesome. You, you know what I've, what I've just thought about? We we were going to invite our next guest in and, and have him on his own, but I think Simba made a good point. I'd like to, if it's okay with you, Derek, keep you around because the next guest um, who we are having in studio is – um, playing in the coffee industry in South Ooh. Africa. So um, Dion Marstenbrook is from SA Coffee Club and also um, works at Syro, and they run a development program for baristas, also feeding into development and all that kind of thing. So perhaps it would be cool to take your knowledge and your insights and just adapt it to that specific industry. Is that cool? I'd love to. I've just emailed my PA. My <laughs> diary has been cleared. Fantastic. We'll be back right after this. Too much, too much, too much. 
This is more than just a new last for you. Cliffcentral.com. Fantastic, and we're back. Jade, you want to introduce our next guest? Yes, yeah, so something that's obviously very close to my heart, which is the coffee industry. Welcome, Dion. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jade. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. So what I, what I wanted to do, and thank you, Derek, for staying, you marvelous human being. Absolute pleasure. So Dion has um, got two little hats on today. He is an employee at Syro. Um, we can talk about that. And what I really wanted to talk about was you might be interested in becoming a barista and not know where to start, what kind of organization offers development programs for you. You, you know, you, you may think it requires a lot of funds. You may not be sure. And Dion has got a beautiful solution for you. And then also to chat about the SA Coffee Club and what it's been up to, what it does, what kind of events might happen, how you can get hold of Dion if you do want to find out more. So firstly, Dion, let's chat baristas. I think what's important is to find out from you as a dude or also woman, because I think we need to encourage woman baristas. We see a lot more globally than we do here. What, what is Cyro's program? How are you involved and how can other people get involved? Cool. So we've got a barista upliftment program. It's our BUP program, B-U-P, um, that was started about five, six, year, five, six years ago by Lani Snayman. And um, basically what it is, every every three months we take on four or five um, previously disadvantaged individuals into the program. And it's about it's – a, it's a very intensive, intense coffee training program. There are various um, – uh, courses that they have to complete during the course of the three months. Okay. Um, there's a theoretical side to it as well as a practical side to it. Um, and basically, at the end of the three months, we release these people into the workplace as qualified, skilled baristas. Amazing. So, if I was a person listening and I heard the word theoretical, I'd run for the hills. So, what does that actually mean? <laughs> Because I'm, as Derek, I don't know if you heard Derek earlier, I'm the chef, so I'm not the father-in-law. So things like theatrical, theatrical, anything <laughs> academic freaks me out. So what does that mean for somebody who wants to get involved? Look, it's, it's certainly not too academic. It's it's really just teaching around the basic basic principles of coffee. Okay. Um, there are one or two theory tests um, during the course of the three months that they, that they have to write and they have to complete. But we are flexible around it, and if we do have – people that perhaps battle with, with literacy or anything like that, then we assist them. We do a verbal test with them. So, um, so yeah, we are open. We also work closely with, with Deaf SA. Um, and every every three months we take on at least one Deaf candidate wow. um, into the BAP program. Isn't that cool, guys? I think it's fantastic. Extremely cool. Very cool. So that's – because I remember you mentioned this before. So they are able – I mean, this is what's so awesome about the view of it is that they're still able to make you a beautiful coffee with your little bear or your elephant on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've, we're so excited about it, um, you know, with the help of Lani and the, and the other train, trainers at, at Syro. We've uh, we've developed a, a um, sign language coffee menu. So that if you're at the coffee bar and you want to order a cappuccino or an espresso or a latte, there are different signed signs that you can sign to the barista behind the bar so he knows what you are ordering. Fantastic. And through this program, are you teaching them about the business behind coffee as well? We do try and bring that element of it into into the program as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, these baristas end up working in hotels, restaurants, coffee shops, mm-hmm. Um, so there, of course, there isn't there is a business element to it, stock control, how to manage stock, how to be aware of of saving costs and 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 um, gross profit margins and all of that. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, there is that element to it, and um, yeah, we're just happy that we can we can make a difference and that we can release people that previously didn't have a, sort of a shot at life, so to speak, and then after the three months, empower them, give them a skill that they can then go and, and earn money out of that. So what I like about this story in particular, quite aside from hearing impaired uh, folks get, getting engaged, is the idea that a business which is successful in its own right reaches out and imagines a new range of possibilities. Mm. In this form, uh, training and access to a new set of skills. Mm. 
I think a larger numbers of South African businesses need to think about this example yeah. and how they can re- replicate it sincerely. Mm. No, I think it's, it's a great thing. I mean, we need more, more, more people with skills and, and skilled labor in South Africa. Uh, why did you decide to do this program? Was it just because you saw a gap or what? You know what? Um, as mentioned earlier, I think Lani has always had a passion for, for coffee mm. and she's had a passion for people. And, and she, she brought this together and she, and she started the Ballista Barista Upliftment Program. I think she, she really wanted to make a difference, a real difference, um, using coffee as a vehicle. Um, and yes, the gap was there. The opportunity was absolutely there. We, we get almost on a daily basis, we get requests from restaurant chains and hotel chains asking us for baristas. Um, so there is a demand definitely for that skill mm. out there in the workplace. So um, it's just a perfect match, you know. If we can, if we can supply that that demand, even if it's just in a in a very small way, at least we're making a difference in somebody's life. Yes, because I, I I remember the what is the brand with? Oh, it's just left my mind. The KL the, the KL brand with the, the has the civet with the coffee berries. Copiluac. Yes, and I was chatting to Justin from there. You can say yes. it again. What's it called? Copiluac. Yes. So Justin and I were chatting about just this exact thing because in this country, it's not like overseas where baristas are regarded as a qualified person. I mean, mm. we, you know, and, and me being on the board of SCARSA, which is the Speciality Coffee Association of SA, I know Lani and we love her and we miss her because she's no longer on the board, but I so hope that we can grow together in having baristas looked at as a qualified person. Because, yes, they might not be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse, but the passion and the skill that goes into your cappuccino and knowing how to extract the bean, all that kind of stuff. So do you feel, um, I mean, from your side, do you feel that we can get there? We, we, do, what, what do you think we can start to do to, to help make create awareness? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at where we were as in South Africa in terms of coffee 10, 15 years ago, it's chalk and cheese if you look at where we are now. People are taking coffee seriously. Um, I think also the general consumers, the general public is more educated around coffee. They can um, they can spot the difference between a, a bad cup of coffee and a good cup of coffee. <laughs> so I think it's it's like like you would have a chef, like if you own a restaurant or a hotel, you would want a qualified chef or a trained chef working in your kitchen. And it's the same way with the barista. You want a qualified, skilled barista working in your coffee bar serving world-class coffees. I see you brought us some coffee beans in the studio here. Yes, yes. I brought you guys uh, some Lavazza coffee, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. I want to really, really enjoy this. I love my coffee. Do you like your coffee, Derek? I drink far too much of it. I love good <laughs> coffee. Are you buzzing right now? And and I love products. <laughs> I am. I love products which are intermediated by skilled individuals or yes. curated by skilled individuals. Sir, try this rather than that. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. for whatever reason. I love that. I love going to knowledgeable shops. Uh, uh, staffed by knowledgeable people. Yeah. So, so Derek, were there any just in, in crossing over back to Think Big? Mm. Were there any entrants from like the food beverage category? Were there lots? Yeah. So, so I'm reminded there there, there were a couple, some restaurants, and but in particular, the example that springs to mind for, for, uh, that's relevant to this discussion is Spice Emporium in Durban. Their staff are happy, wow. and they skilled in a, a, a very important piece of food knowledge, which is spices mm. and, and, and related ingredients. Mm. And so, so if, if you've got a, a knowledgeable staff complement, the possibilities start getting uh, in, uh, incredibly wide. The ability to engage with a non-traditional market segment, for example. Mm. So perhaps a, 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 a black customer wanting to engage with a, with an, uh, a, a talented black a sales assistant who knows their spices mm. and can offer a particular kind of fusion uh, perspective, African Indian, mm. for example, and those possibilities become very exciting. And in the fullness of, ta- of time, trained, uh, skilled staff can become business owners in their own right. Yes. Of course. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a very, I can think of a couple of examples, but one that's perhaps worth mentioning is um, a. a um, a business called the Department of Coffee. They're from Kailicha in Cape Town. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, wow. Um, three, three guys from Kailicha that, that got together and decided they wanted to open a coffee shop in Kailicha. 
and they approached they approached uh, one of the the funding organisations. I'm not exactly sure who they approached, but but long story short, they got the funding for it. And uh, the Department of Coffee is is an up and running coffee business um, owned by three so-called previously disadvantaged people from Kailicha. So that's one of many success stories of people that that come from nowhere into the coffee industry and then and then make a, a big success out of it. That's awesome. I think there's going to be a season two of Think Big. Uh, if you do have interaction with them, suggest that they uh, enter perhaps. I think it's such a nice story, but that's I, I, such a big risk to to do a coffee business in the middle of Kailicha because yeah. all I'm thinking is they drink in Frisco. <laughs> And root coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a swear word, Simba. Don't ever say those names again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come over there. <laughs> yes, they, you know, like any business, there is always an element of risk. And and the coffee game is tough. I mean, we have to be honest about that. Um, but um, I think the way they've done it, they, they've, they, they, um, they got the support they needed. And they also adapted their product to suit the market where, they, where, they, where they're doing business in. So... Um, the items that you find on the menu in their shop is not exactly the same items you would find in a high street mall or shopping center. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's also the the, the tourist component of of, of um, all the people that visit Kailicha from a tourist point of view, um, who they're also catering for. And obviously, those guys want to take a bag of coffee home with them as a souvenir from the, you know of their South African visit and so on and so on. So they leverage off that as well. Oh my God, we got this from Africa. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they make coffee in Africa, really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything, Jake? Yeah. So, so I think just just in terms of we we kind of tackled a pretty similar question with you, Derek. In in terms of the what advice would you? So if Dion, obviously Dion's saying a lot of the baristas get placed which is a little bit less of an entrepreneurial mindset perhaps, but what advice would you offer, you know, the program to speak, like when they're talking to the guys, what could they start to include over and above what they already do from a finance point of view? So whether you get placed into Vovatello or Vida E, wherever you go, or if you actually are going on the course because you want to start to be your own Boss, right. you want to start to have your so like Cicle, Dion. You've mm. met Cicle, yes. you know him. Like he's now setting up his own mobile coffee units. Mm. So what could they possibly do from your side in terms of your knowledge and experience? What could they maybe add from a communication or or literacy point of view to the guys? Yeah, and so perhaps working into the curriculum and the yes. messaging, right? Yes. Two two themes really. Yes. And and you're doing such great work, so I'd, I'm I'm reluctant to offer advice. But if you'll allow me within the context of the studio and the invitation, the first is, is, is that not everyone is going to be an entrepreneur, nor should they strive for it, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do? You want to be the best uh, barista mm-hmm. and best employee you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool message and mm-hmm. to have, uh, and to support your business owner in their growth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the second is, even if you're going down the entrepreneurial route, be a good employee first. Learn. Mm. Learn what it is to be an employee and how the entire value chain of a business is put together. Mm. And then off that skills base, which may last a couple of years, then give expression mm. to your passion. Mm. Lastly, perhaps to you, to you guys, given, given the strength of your business, is the ability then to match make those who are genuinely skilled mm. and passionate about entrepreneurship, mm. perhaps after some years in industry or perhaps straight out of the course, to think about further parts of the packaging of the ecosystem that you could mm. facilitate and underwrite. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. You're definitely the father-in-law. <laughs> but I just, I just want to find out. I mean, you, you train these people, you put them through a program, they end up working at hotels and stuff. What does that do for their self-esteem? To know that someone's put feelers out there, mm. they've, they've been willing to train them and invest in their lives, mm. not just their business, and are they able to do something with that? Mm. It really is amazing to see people really just bloom, so to speak, and come into their own right. Um, we, we have so many success stories of people that that um, really come to us with very little education, very little opportunities in life. Um Maybe they live in a small one-bedroom shack somewhere in Deep Slurt or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of months, you see him working in the Hilton Hotel in Santon or you see him uh, making coffees at, uh, you know, at one of the big coffee chains. It really is amazing. And, and we also, we always say to the guys that it's an entry level into the hospitality industry. So you start off as a barista and you show your attitude, you show your willingness to work. And then before you know it, you, 
are head waiter and then you are store manager and then you are head of your department and so like in any industry the cream rises to the top you know Mm-hmm. So we've we've also seen that we've seen guys start off as baristas that have come through our program. They started off as working as baristas, and before we know it, they store managers. Wow! So so it really is a stepping stone into the hospitality industry, and it's fine if you're happy, if you enjoy being a barista and you're passionate about coffee, then then by all means be a barista. But if you if you have the uh, the um, ambition to grow in the industry, then then the world's the sky's the limit, you know. So, so, so being passionate, being ambitious, being happy is very important. Like you said at the Spice Emporium, yeah. the staff there is very happy, right? You, you could, it was tangible. It was palpable. You could taste it. And so for me, and I, I, I said this on the show, the idea of, of black African staff being ambassadors for a different culture, a different way of cooking, perhaps even the, the notion of fusion, African with Indian, all kinds of possibilities become um, uh, uh, uh opened as a consequence of how firms engage with their employees, mm. you know, mm. uh, the possibility that some of them could be entrepreneurs in their own right, mm. off that skills base in places like Kailicha or Google, Googs or uh, Umlazi or whatever, Kwamashu. So, Derek, just tell me, what do you think is the biggest problem with entrepreneurs in South Africa? I, I, I think that genuine, the genuine entrepreneurial journey is premised on a good education and working experience. Now, that isn't available to large numbers of South Africans. So we're going to have to figure out, quite frankly, a new model. Because our education system is letting us down, letting young South Africans down. And guess what? Formal employment isn't available to large numbers of our population. I don't begin to uh, pretend that I know the answer. But we're going to have to figure out novel new models for circumventing and truncating and making up for the lack of education and the lack of work experience. And that's why what, you, what you're suggesting about how Syro is going about its business is so cool to me because if we can bring people through other routes, we have perhaps the makings of a new formula. Yeah, that's, that's very good. And, and so also um, the, the second part of why Dion's here which is feeding into that solution is Dion is the founder of the SA Coffee Club. So, so with his experience and kind of day-to-day workings with coffee, um, Dion, let's chat about that. Let's chat about why that started and how that's also feeding into helping entrepreneurs and growing other businesses under your umbrella. And well done, by the way. Yeah, thanks. So, so we started the the SA Coffee Club in in 2010. Um, really just as a platform to to share our passion for coffee with other people and also and also for people to to learn more about coffee and and what the coffee industry has to offer um so we've we've through the years obviously now recently since I've been with Sarah it's 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 been difficult to sort of balance both but but through the years we've done coffee workshops we've done coffee training um, and generally, we just facilitate in, in sort of pointing people in the right direction. If, if we get an email off the SA Coffee Club website, somebody asking for us, asking us, where can I get this, or where can I go for training, or where can I learn more about African coffee, or where can I buy green beans, or whatever the case might be, we try and sort of facilitate those sort of questions and, and, and sort of point people in, in, in the right direction. Very, very cool. So, so in, in doing that, where, where do, where can people find you? I know your site, I'm, I think I'm subscribed to, or maybe I'm not. I thought I, I think I should be though. I think I, you have a newsletter that they can subscribe to. Yeah, right? yeah, it's very simple. We have a website, sacoffeeclub.co.za. Okay. And you can simply go to the website and uh, click on the sign on button. Uh, just name and surname, email address, and then you'll automatically be added to, to our mailing list. So whenever we send out a newsletter or, or if anything exciting is happening in the coffee world, then you'll you'll be you'll get the, the email. Awesome. And and how is the coffee world? I mean, I know that for for us personally being involved with the coffee brand, there was a drought in Brazil which sent our coffee bean price through the roof. Um, but that seems to have subsided a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But beyond that, what is your? How are you looking at it from a you know growth point of view? And how are the entrepreneurs surviving? It. It really is amazing to see how far coffee, uh, how it has grown in this country. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if you if you look at coffee in South Africa, maybe 10 years ago, there was a lot of ignorance, and um, 
and um, perhaps people didn't understand the industry quite as well. But if you look at coffee now today, the general consumers, they want good coffee, they demand good coffee. Um, I think we're moving um, more and more people um, are moving away from instant at home. And there's nothing wrong with drinking instant coffee. There is a place for it. Don't, but, lie, uh, don't lie. Don't, don't ever say that again. This is unradio. Hey, don't everyone can get a coffee machine at home. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. I mean, you just have to walk into any Dion Wide or Macro or whatever it is, any retailer, and you'll see the amount of coffee machines that they have on the shelves. And and these days you walk into anybody's house and there's some sort of a coffee coffee making machine on the in the kitchen. So I think, yes, coffee has grown. Um, Africa, South Africa and Africa in general is more, we have a tea drinking history. We, we tr- historically, traditionally, we're a tea drinking nation. Oh. And um, if you look at other parts of the world, there's a slow move towards coffee. Even in China, where where, it's, where they've been predominantly a tea drinking country, you see a Starbucks opening on every corner in China now these days. So wow. there's definitely uh, westernization setting in and more and more people um, falling in love with coffee. So to speak. So the coffee industry in South Africa is healthier than it has ever been, in in, in my opinion. That is so I've, exciting. I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say that South Africans' palates are not educated enough for the, the coffee that's coming from overseas. Yes, I mean, um, you know, we we always say to people, every country has a different coffee culture, a different way of drinking coffee. So if you look at Europe, if you think of Italy, for example, they drink coffee. Um, Often neat espresso, single shot of espresso, neat without any milk or any sugar. Um, in America, um, if you think of Starbucks, you think bigger is better. You think of a 500 ml uh, coffee cup with lots of milk and lots of sugar. And and I think in South Africa, we also grew up. Um, you know, our coffee drinking culture, ge- very generally speaking, is is adding lots of milk and sugar to it. Mm. So so international standards are setting in, and people are adapting more to the international way of drinking coffee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, our palates are being educated more and more. It's similar to wine and, and any other industry. The more you learn about something, the more you appreciate it. Fantastic. Lovely. Okay. So, we're almost out of time here, but Jade, you got a little something you want to add? Yes. Yeah, so, feeding back, we had the uh, social social media guru, Mark Sham, with us a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And Mark launched a entrepreneurial event called Suits and Sneakers. Mm-hmm. It's when to wear your suit and when to wear your sneakers. That's the concept behind it. And we did promise him that we would l- let people know when the actual event is going to be. He has launched the date. It is the 15th of October. You can follow either Mark on at Mark Sham. Or you can find the official Twitter group, which is at Suits Sneakers, and they have just launched their Suits and Sneakers website. So uh, tickets are available through web tickets. So well done to you, Mark. Um, we will be there. We hope you have Simba and my seats at that front row. Um, <laughs> but well done on doing something that is encouraging entrepreneurs. And don't forget, wherever you are with your business, we want to hear from you. We have got now we've got an additional two to our rookies and rockstars family, Derek and Dion. So we have got resources here. We've got people who will feed you solutions. And our goal is to encourage you to keep going, pushing through those entrepreneurial barriers. Get involved with us on WeChat, on the official Cliff Central group. Find us now on our official Twitter handle, which is at Rookies Rockstars without the C. And just a thank you to, to Derek from Think Big SA. And um, to Dion from uh, both Cyro and the SA Coffee Club, Simba. Yes, gentlemen, thank you so much. Do you have uh, Twitter handles or anything that people can just get a hold of you on if you want to ask you something? Absolutely. In my case, it's Derek Thomas, mm-hmm. SA, and Derek is spelled D-E-R-E-K. And you, Dion? My email address is D-E-O-N-M-A-S at Cyro.co.za. And then obviously gentlemen, thank you so much for being here with us. Jade, it's always good working with you. Thank you so much, and we'll see you again next week.